What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Scream and the bad guys. First, let's talk about the movie Scream. Here's a quick synopsis. Teenager Tara Carpenter is attacked by someone wearing the infamous ghost-faced costume. Her estranged sister Sarah comes home to Woodsboro to confront her past and find out who is behind the mask. The film stars Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Mickey Madison, Dylan Manette, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, and Sonia Amar. Standout performances. It's always great to see the original trio of Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, and David Arquette as Dewey. But they take a backseat in this one to newcomers Melissa Barrera, who I thought, along with Anthony Ramos, was the best part of the movie in The Heights, and Jenna Ortega, who has been for me the breakout star of 2022, appearing in two of the best horror films of the year, Scream and X, and gives one of my favorite performances in the movie The Fallout. Both of them have superstar potential. This franchise, Scream, made the right choice, making them the next two faces of it. I also really enjoyed Jack Quaid as the comedic relief. He really fits the tone of the movie. The performance got better as the film went on. Both Barrera and Ortega will be back for Scream 6 with Barrera also starring in the movie Carmen with Paul Meskel and Ortega is playing Wednesday Adams in the Tim Burton Netflix show Wednesday with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Louise Guzman and Jack Quaid has a role in Christopher Nolan's highly anticipated film Oppenheimer. Most people and movie fans cringe at the idea of a sequel to a beloved film, especially a Scream movie without Wes Craven, the director of the first four films who sadly passed away in 2014. This film though feels like a Wes Craven movie. It has all the elements you would want. It's like how Top Gun Maverick feels like a Tony Scott movie and how Bad Boys for Life feels like a Michael Bay movie. These movies all feel like their predecessors but they also bring something new to the equation. People act like nostalgia is a bad thing and I understand why a lot of people feel that way because they can feel cheap and tacky when you make a really bad sequel to a beloved movie. But this movie, Scream, really does pay homage in the right way to those original Scream movies. This feels like the first Scream movie in a good way, without feeling like a cash grab. The directors of this film clearly care about the Scream franchise. The director of Top Gun Maverick clearly cares about Top Gun. The director of Bad Boys for Life clearly care about the Bad Boys franchise. That's what these franchises need. A director who cares about the original films while also bringing their own original ideas to it. One of the reasons that the Batman was a huge success was because Matt Reeves was in charge who clearly cared about Batman as a character. Dune was such a big success because Denis Villeneuve cared about Dune. This movie Scream, the fifth film of the franchise did very well critically and it did very well at the box office. It was a revitalization of the franchise that was seemingly gone. There hadn't been a Scream movie
movie in 10 years. Nobody was really talking about it. Nobody really wanted this movie to happen. I think we had all moved on from the Scream movies. So everything was looking great for these movies. Again, this was a rebirth of a franchise. Since this movie has been released, it was announced that franchise star Nev Campbell will not be returning for the sixth film due to a contract dispute. This is bad publicity for a franchise that was just reborn. After a decade absence, I don't know what the number was, but Campbell's the face of the Scream movies, and if Sidney Prescott has a role, no matter how big or small in a Scream movie, she should be paid adequately for it. Robert Downey Jr. got a boatload of money for appearing in eight minutes of Spider-Man Homecoming because he's Iron Man. He was worth that money, and he was worth it for that movie to have him included. That's how I feel about Sidney Prescott in the Scream movies. If you want her to be a part of your movie, you've got to pay up for her. It's going to be telling how they deal with her absence in the upcoming movie. Are they going to kill her off? I doubt it. That would be unforgivable. It would also be awful if her name just gets brought up a thousand times in the next movie without her in it. Despite how good this movie is, I have questions about the future for this franchise. This separation between franchise and star kills the goodwill built up from this movie. This is the absolute worst time for something like this to be happening for the Scream franchise. Again, there had not been a Scream movie for over 10 years. It comes back and now you're going to break up with your franchise star over money? Not a good look at all and now when Scream 6 does come out, everyone's going to be talking about Nev Campbell's absence in it. It's also going to be super weird to have court Cox playing Gail Weathers without Sydney in the movie. Like, I just don't understand what Scream 6 is going to be without Nev Campbell. You can't just have this character out there. Maybe at some point she will return to the franchise, but until then, I'm on Team Nev Campbell on this one. She is the face of the franchise, whether they like it or not. When people think of the movie Scream, they think of the character Sydney Prescott, and it's going to remain that way. Another the reason why I'm wary about Scream 6 is because I do feel like the Scream franchise should not have a movie every other two years. Like, I think one of the things that helped this fifth Scream movie out was that there was a decade-long absence for the franchise. We were all happy to be in these movies again. When there's a Scream movie every five years, I think that becomes tiring at some point. Like, I don't want a Scream movie every year, but when there's a ten-year-long gap, you're like, oh, it's great to see Scream again. We were missing Scream. You can't make us miss Scream if there's a new Scream movie every other year. I don't think Scream 6 is going to be bad or anything. I'm just not going to be longing to watch a Scream movie by the time that movie comes out. As I watched all five Scream movies in five consecutive nights, I came to the conclusion that this franchise is the horror franchise made for teenagers. These films are filled with people who were big on television shows geared towards teenagers. Scream 2 has Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek, Scream 4 has Emma Roberts from Unfabulous, Hayden Panettiere from Heroes, Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars, and Adam Brody from The O.C. The fifth movie is no different. It has Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why and Mason Gooding from Love, Victor. It's cool to watch these movies and 
and see who the big young actors of the moment were. Here's my official rankings of the five Scream movies. Number five, 2000 Scream Free. This is the one movie in the franchise that I would call just flat out bad. There's not one performance in it I really enjoyed. It felt like they made a Scream movie because they had to. Number four, 2011 Scream 4. This movie is far from perfect. It has major flaws, but I liked the new additions to the series, Emma Roberts, Rory Culkin, and Hayden Panettiere. It was a major improvement from Scream Free and showed that the franchise still had something interesting to offer. One of the things I am excited to see in Scream 6 is the return of Hayden Panettiere as Kirby. She is really good in Scream 4. Number 3, 2022 Scream, the fifth film in the franchise, has the feeling of the original. It's able to blend new characters and old ones in a way that makes sense. Number 2, 1997 Scream 2. This is the last film where it felt like Nev Campbell was center stage in the franchise. I love the chemistry she had with Jerry O'Connell. I love the scene where he sings to her. Also, Liev Schreiber just brings it as Cotton, the man who Sidney thought killed her mother. This is one of the better sequels in all of horror movie history. And number one is obvious, 1996's Scream. From the opening scene with Drew Barrymore, you knew you were watching something special. Nev Campbell is fantastic in her debut of the character of Sydney, and I really think that the best killers of the franchise are Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis and Matthew Lillard as Stu Mocker. So if you look at the five Scream movies, again, there's really only been one bad movie, and that was Scream 3, and I hope they continue that trend in Scream 6. I'm just worried about how they're going to deal with the absence of Sidney Prescott. I mean, Nev Campbell means a lot to this franchise, and the fans care about that character. Again, this is the worst case scenario, to have Scream 5 be a hit, and then to lose the face of your franchise. She may no longer be the star of your franchise, but when you think about the Scream movies, you think about Nev Campbell. And now all the talk about Scream 6 is about how she's not in it. And again, I think it's taking away some of the goodwill built up by Scream 5. I really hope her and the people who make these movies make amends, and I hope they pay her right, because she's earned it. And one of the biggest reasons why I can't fathom Scream without her, because every Scream movie has been in the town of Woodsboro. How do you even have that town be a central part of the plot without Nev Campbell, without Sidney Prescott? Like, it's not like Scream has gone further than that small town. Maybe they're going to in Scream 6. I just don't see how you can return to that town without Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. It feels to me that if she's done playing that character, maybe the Scream movie should end. And maybe Scream 6 will prove me wrong. I'm hoping for it. I hope that movie is good. But in the end, I'm rooting for Nev Campbell to return to the character of Sidney Prescott and for her to be in the final Scream movies. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Bad Guys. Here's a quick synopsis. Mr. Wolf is the leader of a group of criminals known as the bad guys and during one of their heist starts to think about becoming a good guy. The film stars Sam Rockwell, Mark Maron, Aquafina, Zazie Betts, Richard Iowade, Anthony Ramos, Craig Robinson, and Alex Bornstein. Standout performances. This film's voice cast consists of some of the best supporting actors working today led by Oscar winner Sam Rockwell who has been on fire since winning Best 
Supporting Actor for 2017's Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, where he played Dixon, a crooked cop. He's appeared in Adam McKay's Vice in 2018, where he played George Bush, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, where he played Watson Bryant, Jewell's lawyer, Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit as a Nazi, and the FX series Fosse Verdon as acclaimed director Bob Fosse, all in 2019. Rockwell is the ideal choice to play a character like Mr. Wolf because he gets you to care about these morally ambiguous characters and makes you believe that they can change. Aquafina blew up after two supporting turns in Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians, both in 2018. Since then, she's given a brilliant leading performance in the film The Farewell in 2019. I gotta say, I love the comedic voice work she's doing lately. As someone who grew up with Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy being comedic relief in animated films, Aquafina in this film and Raya in The Last Dragon is reminiscent of that time period. I grew up with very funny people being the sidekick character in animated films. I mean, you had Danny DeVito as Phil in Hercules, Ellen DeGeneres as Dory in Finding Nemo, Nathan Lane as Timon in The Lion King. Like, those are the type of sidekick performances I grew up on and I love them. Robin Williams as Genie and Eddie Murphy as Mushu and Donkey from Shrek. Like, I just think that those performances are iconic and again, Aquafina's work in animated films are reminding me of those kind of voice performances. I love what she's doing in animated films. Mark Marin is a famous stand-up comic and podcaster and in recent years has become one of my favorite actors. On the show Easy, he plays a famous author who has gone through heartbreak. On his Netflix show Glow, he plays the director Sam Silva. He's also been great in the film Swords of Trust and Respect about Aretha Franklin and Stardust about David Bowie. And finally, Zazie Betts has played Van on Atlanta and has worked with an impressive list of filmmakers. David Leach on Deadpool 2 and Bullet Train, Steven Soderbergh on High Flying Bird, Todd Phillips on Joker, and some promising first-time directors, James Samuel on The Harder They Fall, and Edson Oda on Nine Days. Aquafina will next star in Renfield with Nicholas Holt and Nicolas Cage, and Disney's live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid, where she will be the voice of Scuttle. And Zazie Betts is in talks to join the sequel to Joker, along with Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga. There are rumors swirling about this movie that it's a musical. I mean, adding Lady Gaga to the mix, how can music not be involved? I love the first Joker movie and can't wait for this one. The Bad Guys is one of those rare animated movies that can be enjoyed by both kids and adults. The humorous dialogue is super effective and it will remind people of other heist movies. I personally love the genre. They are some of my favorite films. The Ocean's Eleven films, Tower Heist. Some have said that this movie movie also pays homage to Tarantino films like Reservoir Dogs with the way the characters communicate with each other. I loved the animation style of the bad guys. It looks new and fresh. Oscar chances. I personally would find it a travesty if this movie does not get a nomination for Best Animated Film at the upcoming Oscars. I think this is one of the best animated films I've seen recently. I love the voice performances. I 
I thought it was a good time. It wasn't too heady. Anyone can watch this movie. I mean, sometimes an animated film should just be rewarded for being super entertaining. And that's what this movie is. I'm not saying it should win. I'm sure there's going to be some Pixar movie that comes out later this year that's going to blow my mind. But I do think it would be a crime if the bad guys does not at least get a nomination for Best Animated Feature. In honor of Mr. Wolf and the Bad Guys, here's my list of my top five favorite movie criminals. Number five, Michael Corleone, played by Al Pacino in the 1970s Godfather trilogy. I love how in the first movie, he's reluctant to even be in business with his father, but by the end, he's becoming the thing he was avoiding. I think one of the most bizarre things in film history that Al Pacino won his Oscar for Scent of a Woman and not for one of the free Godfather movies, that's just insane. Number four, it's a tie between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid played by Paul Newman and Robert Redford in the 1969 classic. These two made you root for bank robbers. This is what I think of when I think of movie stars who play criminals. They make you care about the bad guy. You want them to get away with the crime. Not one time when you watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are you thinking, wow, these two guys are doing something really wrong. You're like, because it's Robert Redford and because it's Paul Newman, I want them to get away with it. Also, just who doesn't love Paul Newman and Robert Redford as a duo? I recently watched The Sting. I thought it was a fantastic film. I mean, for those two to be their only two movies together is both sad and spectacular at the same time. I would have loved at least 20 more movies starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Number three, Al Pacino makes a second appearance on the list, this time as Carlito in 1992's Carlito's Way. Just after being released from prison, Carlito is trying to give up his life of crime, but the past comes back to haunt him. I love everything about this performance, and I love everything about this movie. It's one of Brian De Palma's very best, and I especially love the scenes between Al Pacino and Sean Penn. These are two of the best actors of all time doing some of their very best work. I know Scarface is a more iconic movie between De Palma and Pacino, but Carlito's Way is far superior in my estimation. Number two, Chili Palmer, played by John Travolta in 1995's Get Shorty, a mobster who wants to make a career change from crimes to movie making. I love everything about Get Shorty. I think this is John Travolta's best performance ever. His 1990s were amazing. He gives three of my all-time favorite performances of his in Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, and a Civil Action. Get Shorty also has one of the best supporting cast of all time. Gene Hackman along with Danny DeVito, Delroy Lindo, and James Gandolfini. And my number one favorite movie criminal is Danny Ocean played by George Clooney in the Ocean's Eleven trilogy. This character and performance has become the archetype for every movie criminal. This is what every movie criminal aspires to be. You are rooting for George Clooney to get away with the heist. You are rooting for George Clooney to get back with his wife played by Julia Roberts because you care about George Clooney. Every great actor wants to play a movie criminal because of the five performances I just listed. They want to be as iconic as those characters. Everyone wants to be Danny Ocean. There you have it, my list of my top five favorite movie criminals and overall I really enjoyed the bad guys. It's 
It's unlike your average animated film, which makes it special. And again, it's an animated film everyone can enjoy. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out the movie Scream and the Bad Guys. And next week, it's a big one on the podcast as I'm talking about the career of actor George Clooney and Disney's live adaptation of Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks directed by Robert Zemeckis. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>